It's July 17, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Bite Mars Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. Uh, we've got a full load today. Shanoa Fonsworth from Blue Startups joins us to give us the details on the Cohort 11 Demo Day. Then Stephen Minakami from the IEEE tells us about the upcoming Distinguished Lecturer event on the topic of 5G. And of course, right after our break, we have Sharon Hurd from the Department of Ag. She's going to join us to tell us about Ag in Hawaii and the upcoming Western Area State Department of Agriculture Conference. First up, I want to welcome Shanoa Fonsworth back to Bite Mars Cafe. She is with Blue Startups, and she's here to tell us about the Cohort 11 Demo Day. Welcome to the show. Hi, Bart. And uh, this is 11. Wow, this is uh, really cranking along. It is. Can you believe it? <laughs> I know. Yeah. 83 companies and, so far. Well, that's good. And mm. um, usually what, you have, what, two a year or one a year? Two we're, a year right? we're doing one a year right now because of our big East Meets West event, which is the other part of the year. We really focus on that now mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the other half of the year. And so what can you tell me about the uh, Cohort 11? Well, Cohort 11 is a very diverse cohort. Um, we have companies from as far away as Egypt and, of course, our homegrown companies right here. We have everything from uh, automotive technologies to, obviously, our software and AI, a lot of AI mm-hmm, this, this mm-hmm. go around, um, and uh, a lot of uh, really diverse founders in terms of both geography and age, actually, which is interesting. You'll, you may notice on Friday they're a little more mature. So we have some really experienced founders in the group, which is, has been really different and, uh, and great for everybody. A lot of peer-to-peer learning. Mm-hmm. How many uh, companies altogether? We have seven in this cohort. And, yeah. and this is a little less than the normal number. We normally have eight. Yeah, okay, okay. we had well, one that uh, at the last minute couldn't join us. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then uh, you're going to be doing this at a new venue. We are. We're at the Entrepreneur Sandbox in Kaka'ako, which if you haven't checked it out, this is your chance. It's pretty cool. It's a very modern workspace, co-working space. And the screen that we're going to be using is nearly three stories high. So it's a gigantic screen. So we're pretty excited to see our, our pitches up on this giant screen. And, and did you... Uh, coach everybody in terms of producing their video so that it will take advantage of this huge screen? Well, we're, we're definitely trying. We said high-res images only. Your, your stuff's going to look terrible if it's a low-res image. It's going to be really pixelated up there. So we're hoping for the best. We did a little trial run this morning, and uh, things look pretty good. So it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Have you, uh, and usually in the audience, you have a lot of the business community, but you also have potential investors? We do. So we have actually all of our local investors, our Hawaii Angel members mm-hmm. and local VCs and uh, corporate partners and business owners. But uh, in addition to that, we have four venture capital partners flying in from the mainland uh, to check us out and ask some fair but tough questions. So, you know, the companies will do a five-minute pitch followed by a two-minute Q&A, and the Q&A will be done by that venture capital panel uh, to further illuminate their business models and ask some smart questions. And then usually what happens after the, the demo day that takes place here, you usually take them to the Bay Area, right? We do, yeah. So our week 13, so this is 12 weeks in the program, our week 13 will be in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and we'll do it all over again there. So we have an investor day there. 
um, the room full of investors in, in San Francisco. So uh, the companies will uh, be well warmed up for that, and uh, we'll do it again there. And um, instead of having four VCs, there we'll have 100. So a very different audience, um, yeah. you know, very investor-heavy mm-hmm. uh, there. But uh, that's so this is what it's all of, about. This is kind of a warm-up. Warm up for all of them. This is a community event, yeah, I will say. Yeah, yeah. And the, the San Francisco Day is an investor event. It's closed to the public in San Francisco. It's just a small, much smaller event. And then uh, you said uh, you're going to be working on kind of focusing on the second half of the year on East Meets West. So That's when right. is, uh, when is East the East Meets West 2020 coming up January 30th and 31st, oh, okay, okay, okay. you know, right there in the in the middle of winter where our friends from both sides of the Pacific like to come to Hawaii. So it's a good draw for us. OK, very good. And yeah. so if uh, people want to, you know, make it down to the sandbox, where can they sign up? BlueStartups.com. Uh, I should mention also we have our keynote speaker, which is um, Patrick Lee, mm-hmm. who is the founder of the media site Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. If you've ever looked up yeah, a movie yeah. and seen the splats or tomatoes, you can thank him for that. And he's going to be talking about how our companies focus uh, on one product, one market, and one vertical when they get started. So he's been our entrepreneur in residence this whole cohort and been really focused on working with the companies on that. And um, is he sh- gonna is he gonna be around uh, you know the remainder of the year? I don't know. I hope we can uh, convince him to stay in Hawaii. He's had a great time here, I know, but he I've has a lot of other things that, on his plate I've been too. Wanting to get that guy on the show, but you I know, know you should, a, you uh, should. Uh, that would be great. So yeah, demo day is Friday. Right. July 26th. You can find information on the Blue Startups website or even just look it up on Eventbrite. And uh, the event will run from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. on wait, Friday. Wait, wait. It's the 19th. Oh, sorry. The 19th. Did I say the wrong day? <laughs> yeah, you said Thank the you, Bert. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's lucky, next week. Lucky thing I'm paying attention. Lucky thing somebody's paying attention. Yeah, it's in two days, not That's next right. week. Yeah, two days. Uh, so 4 to, PM, to to 8 p.m. And we will have, of course, a reception with drinks and Lonnie Kai Brews giving us some beer. So that's very nice. And our lead, um, main sponsors, Servco Pacific um, and the Central Pacific Bank, have been very generous to provide us with some support for this event. So okay. it's going to be uh, some good food, too. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes and make sure that the date is correct. Yes, please. <laughs> Which is this Friday. <laughs> well, thanks, uh, Chanel, for joining us. Thank you. And, of course, uh, I'm now happy to welcome Stephen Minakami, first time on Bite Marsh Cafe. He is with the IEEE, which uh, I'll let him tell you what it is, uh, the Hawaii Communications Chapter. He's, tell us, he's here to tell us about the Distinguished Lecture Series. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Bert. So IEEE Institute for Electronic Electrical Engineers, or is it? Uh, Electron- electrical and Electronics Engineers. Okay, Correct. very good. Okay, so. Uh, I, I must say that I was once uh, uh, an IEEE member, and and and, and will soon uh, re up on my membership. But you know, a lot of the graduates from uh, you know engineering will participate and be a member of IEEE, uh, and I think it's a really great organization. But this is the first time I've had somebody from IEEE on the show, and it was uh, very interesting for me to find out that uh, you you've got. Kind of a regular monthly distinguished lecture series for most of the year. Yes, we do. Um, we hold uh, meetings typically at the uh, University of Hawaii, mm-hmm. wherever we have space, and we invite, I guess, various engineers and people with backgrounds in other technical fields that can help to um, bring about, well, 
just education and just to bring in new technologies and discuss about it. So we've had people come in from Singapore. We had people come in from um, other countries. But most times they're here for a conference or an event Mm -hmm. taking place. So we grab them before they take off or when they first come to Hawaii. Then we allow them to come and participate in this um, this lecture series. So the one that uh, caught my interest is what's coming up on the twenty, what is it, the twenty fourth, which is next Wednesday. Correct. And it's on the topic of five G, which is uh, very near and dear to my heart. Tell us, so what 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 uh, precipitated that that uh, discussion? Okay, this actually has been in the background for the last year, and we didn't know exactly how to do a five G presentation, but. We just actually had a um, uh, 5G presentation on the, on the technical merits last month, and one of our IEEE members had given us a very extensive, uh, I guess, lecture on this um, topic. Mm-hmm. But this month, we're going to really focus on more so the regulatory side and, I guess, the industry side, which would kind of work with almost the interface between consumers and the technology. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do is be able to at least – Answer questions. That's mostly what we want to do. We don't actually want to do too much lecturing, but we want to get some background. But I think there's a lot of questions already out there because a lot of people are knowledgeable. They've done their homework, but they want to hear it from the source. So especially from the state, we're going to need a lot of cooperation from the state side to introduce laws and bring in um, things that help to facilitate I guess, the transition going from 4G to 5G. Mm -hmm. So tell us, who are you having on the panel? Okay, so from the state, uh, we're inviting Senator Glenn Wakai, and he's been very um, active in technology. And I'm sure you're aware of this, Bert. But um, we just want to hear from his perspective of what he's been able to introduce and what what kind of actions he's taken so far to facilitate this 5G implementation. Mm-hmm. But we want to know what is his next year's goal. So we, you know, I guess we as consumers can also, you know, nudge our representatives and, you know, legislators to actually get them to push some of these bills to go through. So at least it will take place in, a, in I guess, in a timely fashion. We don't expect it to be at light speed, but we don't want this to drag out for five or 10 years mm-hmm. with all this bureaucracy to block the way, but we don't want them to expedite it to the point where we're missing and we're, we're trying to jump through these hoops where we shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, do it right, but let's do it, you know, as best as we can, as quick as we can. Okay, very good. And then you have another speaker as well. Right, so the second person we have is a communications engineer who works for Verizon Wireless, and he's got a lot of experience, and his name is Corey um, Schaefer. And so he's um, one of their lead engineers in the state, and he takes care of facilitating the networks behind the um, the wireless side. So his main focus is primarily not the 5G implementation engineer, but he will have to coordinate with them because he will be installing their equipment on the sites within the state of Hawaii. So real quick, where can people find out more information? Okay, I think I... Uh, it's going to be on your Bite Marks uh, website because the website that the URL, URL is too, too is, difficult. Okay, so yeah. I will put it up on Bite Marks Cafe org later on, and uh, it is happening next uh, Wednesday, the twenty fourth. It's going to be over at the iLab, which is Building Twenty Seven on the UH campus. Thirty seven. Thirty seven, yes. and it's going to be from six thirty p.m. to eight thirty p.m. and eight p.m. Eight thirty p.m. Oh. Uh, ours is eight o'clock. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> the the thing that really was uh, was um, occupying my mind was the fact that uh, you guys provide pizza. Yes. So if you do want to join us for pizza, definitely put an RSVP because we just buy a certain amount, and if we don't get a big headcount, uh, yeah, snooze you lose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. Uh, thanks, Stephen, for joining us. Thank you very much, Bert. 
And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Sharon Hurd from the Department of Agriculture. We'll talk about the upcoming WASDA conference. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, Haleakala Waldorf School and Honolulu Waldorf School. One of the staffers asked me if I would consider giving a monthly donation, and I realized that I would be able to give more to the station with a smaller payment over a longer period of time than I would be able to with one large one. And I thought, this is great. I don't have to go into debt. I don't have to pay off a charge card or whatever. And it's affordable and it's easy. So why not? I'm Carrie Taggart, and I'm proud to be a sustaining member of Hawaii Public Radio. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. And now joining us is Sharon Hurd. She's the Economic Development Specialist over at the Department of Agriculture, which is, of course, part of the state of Hawaii. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe, Sharon. Hi, Bert. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, so maybe um, you can start off with telling me a little bit about what, what you do over at the Department of Ag. In a nutshell, what we do at the Department of Ag in the market development branch is to help the farmers make money. Mm-hmm. Our programs are geared to helping the farmers, branchers, producers. Uh, we come up with programs that help yeah. them be profitable. So when when you say help the farmers uh, make money, uh, obviously you know there's a there's a um, supply chain, and how do you enhance that supply chain? Okay, well first of all we go to their community meetings and we and association gatherings and we ask them what do you need. We talk to them, we reach out. We found that the common theme was they need help with their marketing. So we were able to obtain some federal funds and allocated $2,000 per commodity group. And they then come up with what they want to do marketing for their group, whether it be tablecloths or hats. The most interesting uh, marketing tool that was uh, requested by the Hawaii Ava Association. Mm -hmm. They had been working on a poster for a while, and they found that this was the opportunity to go to print. So they... They used their funds to design and lay out, and we were able to print, uh, I think it was just about 100 copies. Mm-hmm. And they have, it's a beautiful poster. Hopefully we'll be able to find the funding to print more, but that's what we do. We help them do what they need to do to be profitable. So how do you, uh, you said you have 2000 per Segment or oh, I'm sorry, sorry, uh, two thousand per commodity group. commodity group. Okay, so how do you define a commodity group? Good question. They actually define themselves. They form the they form the Hawaii Tropical Fruit Growers mm-hmm. Association, Hawaii Coffee Association, uh, but they also have regional groups like the Maui Coffee Association or the Kauai Coffee Association. Uh, you have Hawaii Ranchers. You have Hawaii Ava Association. So this is. Self-forming, they they need to come up and define their commodity group. That's right. And then once they do that, then as they organize, they will then approach you as an organization, so to speak. They form a nonprofit. So they actually go through the whole process of five hundred one c three and an official uh, designation and correct leadership like and board and whatever. The Hawaii Floriculture and Nursery Association represents all the. Floriculture growers, nursery, mm-hmm. landscape, cut flowers, potted flowers. 
and they're a pretty pretty big lobbying group. Um, yeah, right now they have these workshops all over the state teaching people how to use local flowers. Mm-hmm. So uh, how many commodity groups are there? It's about 20. Oh, 20. Uh, just out of curiosity, this is kind of really off the wall, but uh, you know, where do the brewers, do the brewers fit into any of the, you know, do they qualify for a commodity group? They certainly do. I is d- it part I'm, of the Department of Ag? I am not aware of a brewers association. There is a crafters guild, mm-hmm. beer, uh, um, recently formed, recently formed. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, Cindy Goldstein is the head of it. So, yeah, they're, they're, they have a presence. But that's is that uh, under the, the um, purview of Department of Ag? Or sure. Is that, oh, it is. Because okay. they use local ingredients. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And so you're, there's a couple of pro, um, programs, I think, that you are the, yes, the, yes, yes. the point of the tip of the spear for, right? Thanks for asking. The two programs that we have, are the Seal of Quality program mm-hmm. and the Made in Hawaii with Aloha program. The Seal of Quality, both programs, by the way, are governed by legislation. They're man, we have the rules passed by the legislature. And the Seal of Quality program is to brand and identify locally grown, locally made products to distinguish them from products made offshore. And, uh, yeah, there's a qualifying. It's There's an application form. You pay $50, and we send our staff over there from the Quality Assurance Division. They make sure that your product is, in fact, sourced from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And then you can use a sticker. 10,000 stickers cost about, I'm sorry, it's, I think it's 50,000 stickers cost about $150, and you can use the sticker on your product to identify and brand your product. Quite the Japanese market has embraced it. They they look for the sticker and, and know that that is something genuine. And and the seal of quality does the seal of quality uh, run across all the commodity groups, or are there specific seal of quality for each commodity group? How does that work? Seal of quality is for every commodity, but we do have specific seals of quality that say Kauai mm-hmm. or. Maui, mm-hmm. or Oahu, uh, different colors, um, but they they're statewide. And this is something that you go to the legislature to to get funded, whereas the other program you said was a federally funded project. Yes, yes, the seal of quality is actually uh, funded, self funded. Mm-hmm. The fifty dollar application fee and the sticker fees fund the program, and that the fund goes into a, the monies go into a special fund that now create rack cards and. Prom- mm-hmm. promotional items mm-hmm. that uh, the farmers can use or the producers can use. And what about the, this uh, Buy Local ah, program? The Made in Hawaii with Aloha? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that program, we, the legislature recognized that we don't make enough product to produce a cookie, for mm-hmm, instance, mm-hmm. to be locally produced. So the Made in Hawaii is, really doesn't pay attention to what the ingredients are, but as long as you produce your product in Hawaii, you bottle it, you manufacture, you package, you fabricate, you would be considered a made in Hawaii with Aloha, like a ukulele, mm-hmm. like a CD. If mm-hmm. you make it locally, um, that that would qualify for a made in Hawaii. And is that another uh, uh, designation? This another sort of seal of approval? Correct. We hope that, uh, like Aloha, not Aloha, tofu, Aloha tofu. Mm-hmm. They have a natto product that mm-hmm. they use the made in Hawaii with Aloha because we don't have soybeans, but they manufacture the natto here. So it's a Aloha Tofu Natto made in Hawaii with Aloha. So you must be all over the place. <laughs> How do you manage all the different types of products and all the qualifications people have to go through? I mean, are, 
Are you the uh, one-person team, or of do you have a team not. of people? Of course not. We have a team of people, and we have sister departments and agencies, like the, you know, the DBET. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of programs through the, it's called STEP, State mm-hmm. Trade and Export Promotion. So they have funds to help manufacturers as well. So it's a team effort. We're all working on behalf of the Hawaii agriculture. Oh, very good. Now, I do want to ask you about the uh, Western Association uh, State Department of Ag conference that's coming up, but we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Sharon Hurd from the Department of Ag. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrew Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're Talking to Sharon Hurd, she's the Economic Development Specialist over at the State of Hawaii Department of Ag, and we're talking about some of the ag initiatives going on, and right before the break, uh, we were kind of prepping to talk about this conference that's coming up, which is called the, it's actually called WASDA, it stands for the Western Association of State Department of Ag, folks, this is the first time I heard about it, and and, uh, Sharon, maybe, maybe you can tell me a little bit about what goes on at, at this conference, and, and being that it's kind of regional, there's a national conference as well. So this is part of a bigger set of meetings and gatherings of these ag professionals. That's right. The NASDA, the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, is the members come from all 50 states, American Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and the regional meetings We are part of the Western Association, 13 Western states, American Samoa and Guam. Uh, The the overlying umbrella of the NASDA meetings is that every state, we all have to be, we have to be literate. So if I talk about invasive species in Hawaii, the person in Maine should say, oh, yeah, I know about invasive species in Hawaii. Kind of like gather all the information together, even if it doesn't apply to you. At least you're literate on the subject. So the National Association is the umbrella, and then we have the regions. Now, the reason that these meetings are important is because so much happens on a local level, you know, state to state, and we solve our problems. But on a national level, we can solve each other's problems. For instance, um, this conference is called uh, Artificial Intelligence and Big Data Transforming Agriculture. Oh, the one coming up uh, next, next week? Next week, yeah. And the reason we went with that is because uh, so much chatter about, you know, what's going to happen in the future mm-hmm. um, and how the data that we gather can be important to all the departments of ag to solve their their problems, how they can use data to solve their problems. One question that came up um, was, and it's like if I'm just talking to someone, I'll say, well, what would happen if, they took the nene goose off the endangered species list. What would be the data that can help Hawaii prepare for that instance? If they did, because we have so many people employed on the federal and state level to protect the nene, and they can you know, put that data and come up with their formulas, and then once we have it, we can try to improve or solve or prepare for it mm-hmm. and not have the impact be more, more impactful than it could be. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting that the theme of, of this conference, uh, which is coming up, this is the, the Western Association, is happening on Kauai. 
on the 25th, which is next Thursday. It's starting on the 22nd. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Uh, my, <laughs> my little piece is on the 25th. Yeah. But uh, you said that the AI is, is a major theme. Uh, from a Department of Ag standpoint, I mean, do you, do you see a lot of the uh, recognition of technology playing a bigger role in agriculture going forward? Yes, um, and you can use, for instance, um, electric fences. How do you, where do you deploy the electric fence? When do you put it up? Um, it, it starts with knowing how many feral pigs you have, where the, where do they move, mm-hmm. and using that data, you can you can decide where to put your fencing or use drones and mm-hmm. decide. So it's smaller data that's more specific to Hawaii that we can use that information to solve our problems locally. But I have a feeling I'm drifting. No, no, no. And I, I, you know, I, I um, want to get back to the conference, but it's interesting to hear what some of the thoughts that might be going through the minds of the Department of Ag and in the incorporation of technology uh, going forward. And, and so I'm curious, as far as the conference goes, how do you see interacting with your counterparts and perhaps learning about what could be used in one area versus another, given the fact that, you know, if you're in the desert, I mean, I think farming and agriculture might be much different than if you were in a tropical area. But how does the, how does the best practices get kind of transferred from one area to the next? Okay, um, I'll use invasive species as an example. Uh, here in Hawaii, we have CRB, coconut rhinoceros beetle. Mm-hmm. We are the first line of defense for CRB entering into the California market. If the coconut rhinoceros beetle went to California, it would be devastating to their palm industry. And then if it moves forward into, you know, th- closer to Florida, it would be devastating. So how this information is used is we we are able to tell the other Western states Hey, we've we've got a handle. We, this is what we've done. This is our pathway. You can detect it. You can try to remedy it. This is what we've done. Mm-hmm. So if you see it, this is how you detect it, and this is how you can fix it before it gets to be a devastating. So embedded. the 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 coconut rhinoceros beetle came in from Asia, Southeast Asia. Where was the the vector that? I, I'm not the coconut rhinoceros beetle task force, but I'm assuming it came in from from Asia. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then, from an invasive species standpoint, uh, there's probably a lot of things that uh, you know, like whenever you fly from Hawaii to uh, the the continent, you're always going through an egg check, right? There's always going to be uh, suspect of of whether you're bringing fruits in and right, fire. Right. I mean, uh, 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 fruit flies. I was going to say fire ants, but uh, <laughs> that's another thing that you don't want to have. The pathways are very different. The pathways from that come to Hawaii are what you said mm-hmm. through you know air and, and sea. The pathways to California, to Florida, to Texas, to the, the North Coast, all the pathways are different. So it's to find out, to detect the pathways, use prevention techniques. California and Florida are very vulnerable, just like Hawaii, you know. But um, find out what the pathway is and stop it there. You know, we only got a, a couple seconds left, but uh, give us a give us a URL for the the uh, ag website. HDOA.hawaii.gov. I do want to ask you the question, which I've been dying to ask you. Where do you think some of this technology is going to come into play into Hawaii? 
I mean, in, in terms of what do you see happening in the next 20 years? 20 years? Okay. My personal opinion, uh, with technology moving as fast as it is, we'll probably have drones or satellites doing the, collecting the AI, telling our farmers where to, where to harvest. The harvest is going to be done by robots. The robots are going to pick and put on driverless vehicles. Driverless vehicles will deliver direct to the supermarket. I'm going to have to have you come back on, and we're going to have to talk more tech in ag. Sharon Hurd is the Economic Development Specialist over at the State of Hawaii Department of Agriculture. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Bert. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about what works cities and leveraging data as a management tool over at the city and county of Honolulu. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.